Hello. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. Hello. Hello. Hello, good to see you today. I'm glad you are here. Why don't you just say, God, thank you for my church. Just say it together. God, thank you for my church. I'm grateful for the church of God. We get to meet together. And if you're here for the first time, my name is John. I'm lead pastor. And you've joined us in the middle of a series called Hello. And in this series, what we're doing is taking to heart that Jesus invited us into an experience of life that he called an abundant life. And from time to time, we need to do a reset of the soul to say hello to a new way of living. And today we're going to say hello to peace. But I need your help. So uh, I'm fighting a little bit of a, of a cold. You could probably hear a nasally kind of voice or whatever. I'm fighting a cold. And you know how when you're fighting a cold, you feel like your, your, your mind is like a little off like that? Anybody relate to me? So that's kind of how I'm feeling today. So I need your help to preach this message. The stairs are right here. No, I'm just kidding. What I mean by that is that if you hear something in this message that you're encouraged by, that you feel like that's a true word, what you could do to help me out is just shout me down. Just say amen. Or you hear something that sounds like God's word for you, then just shout me out. Say, come on, preach, and clap your hands. Why don't you try it right now? Why don't you just practice right now? All right, thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, so again, we're, we're going to say hello, peace today in this message. And I was thinking about this message, and as I was preparing, I saw something on the news caught my eye. And, and it was basically that there are these lakes up in Utah that people go fishing in, and they need to stock them with more trout and more, more fish. And so, uh, so far, so good. I mean, restocking a lake with fish for the fishermen, that sounds like a good idea. But did you know that this is how they do it? Is that not crazy? What that is, is a thousand trout being released out of the underbelly of an airplane to plummet 800 feet into the lake below. That is how the restocking happens. And uh, it's crazy, but they did an interview with the Utah Fish and Game Department guy, and his comments about this were, oh, well, this way of restocking the lakes is a lot safer, and it's less stressful for the fish, more peaceful. <laughs> That's what he said. Can you, when's the last time you ever put falling out of a plane and more peaceful in the same sentence, right? I'm sorry if you're from Utah. That wasn't right. I shouldn't have done that. But, but anyway, I mean, you remember how you go to a, a pet store and you buy a goldfish and they put it in a plastic bag and they tell you, when you get it home, make sure to put it into the tank for three hours and, and let the fish acclimate and make sure to open the bag gently and release the fish so it can have a peaceful transition. Like, that's what the pet store people say. Utah Fish and Game guys like, ha here, hold my, my orange juice. Ha-ha, <laughs> out the fish go. Not peaceful. The only thing that could make this less stressful for the fish or peaceful for the fish is the fact that when they hit the surface of the water, they knock out completely and have no recollection that this ever happened. That's the only way that is peaceful. Anyway, you know, this, this picture right there, on one hand, it's just like restocking the, the, the lakes in Utah, but on the other hand, I wonder if maybe for some of us, that's how our life feels. Like we feel like in our life, like, this, like we're in free fall. Or we're in a circumstance that feels like we're about to crash into something. We're just falling out of what we, what we had such a sense of stability in. 
And for some of us, it's an important message today to be able to say, hello, peace, because I don't know what you came with. I don't know if the difficulties or the challenges and the pressures have been severe for you, but what I do know is that even in the midst of those things, you can have the peace of God. And I want to share with you a message from the scriptures today about how you can experience and have the peace of God. And so I want to just start with a, a simple word from 2 Thessalonians 3, 16. You know when it has a 316 in it, it's going to be good, unless it's Leviticus. Second <laughs> Thessalonians 3.16. It says, now, may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. And the Lord be with you all. I want you to read this verse out loud from the screen all together. Ready? Go. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. May the Lord of peace himself. Let's start right there. Let's understand together that what we need is peace. And its origin is in God because Peace is part of the very nature and essence of who God is. He is the Lord of peace. And even the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 9 said about Jesus that he would be called the wonderful counselor and the prince of peace. It's in his very nature. And so what we need is his peace, a peace that comes from God. And I'm grateful for this verse because it reveals to me that no matter what's going down in my life, that peace is available. Somebody say, every situation. Every situation, including the one that you're walking through right now. The situation with those people at work and you just don't know how it's ever going to resolve. There is peace from God for you even while that's going on. For others, the situation with your family and, and, and all that's happening, the dynamics that seems like a, a knot that's been tied so tight, how could it ever be undone? Right there, even in that situation, there is peace from God for you. For every situation, there is peace from God. Thank him for the peace that's available. It's yours for the asking. And in every way, at all times, in every situation, it says this, may the Lord of peace give you his peace. It's his peace. We need his peace. We don't need a peace that we have to fabricate and make up and pretend about. We need a real peace. The Old Testament idea is the word shalom. It's a thoroughgoing completeness deep within, and its origin is in your maker. And it's available. It's his peace. And for some of us, we came to church today, and we do need peace, but we find ourselves thinking, I don't know if I deserve it, though. I don't know if I've done enough good stuff. I wonder if maybe because of what I have done, maybe I'm excluded. Maybe I haven't earned the right to receive peace from God. But guess what the scriptures say? It says that he gives you his peace. May the Lord give you his peace. It doesn't say, may you work your spiritual butt off to try to earn some peace from God. That's not the scripture. It says, may he give you his peace. I'm grateful that there's peace available and it's his gift to me. This piece is worth going for, my friends. And so I want to describe it for you. Here's a working definition. Uh, I'm not talking about a dictionary definition so much as a spiritual understanding of what's available in our relationship with God. But peace in this sense is an inner sense of calm and confidence and security and harmony where stress and turmoil lose their ability to negatively impact us. 
That, that is what we're going after today. That experience, that inner sense of calm and security and confidence and harmony that allows us to be free from the shackles of turmoil and strife. And peace also shows up in relationships. And peace in relationships looks like this. It's a quality of relationship where fighting and strife and accusation and bitterness are gone. And the interactions are agreeable and positive and harmonious. That's what we need. For some of us, we're going, I need two heaping scoops of that right now. And I wanted to start this message by simply declaring that if you desire that peace from God, what you desire is in alignment with the will of God. This scripture is a blessing. It comes through the Apostle Paul, but it's the inspired word of the Holy Spirit, and it reveals that this is what God wants for us. That's why these words are there. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation, and the Lord be with you all. Now listen, that last phrase there, that's not just a tacked on afterthought. It's actually instrumental in our ability to experience the peace of God. The Lord being with us all is absolutely a part of the pattern of an experience of the peace of God. And so what I want to do in this message is, is share this with you. First Peter 3.11, it says that if we want to see good days, does anyone want to see good days? It says, if you want to see good days, then turn from evil and do good and seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. Say it. Seek peace and pursue it. It's not enough for us to just have a, an awareness of what peace is. It's not enough for us to just simply mentally know that God wants it for us. It is something that we go after. It is something that we decide matters and that we're not going to be passive about it. We're going to be proactive and we're going to go after it. I'm telling somebody today, it's time for you to do this, to turn from evil. And for somebody, that is the word of the Lord for you today, as straightforward as it might sound. But that's really, for somebody, what you needed to hear today is it's time to turn from evil. And you know exactly what it is. And God's just speaking to you and saying, it's done. It's done. There's enough of that. You've had enough of that in your past. Cut it off. Turn from evil and do good and seek peace and pursue it. It's what we're made for. And Jesus spoke about this peace in this way. In John 16, 33. Jesus said, I've told you all these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. I want you to read that uh, out loud from the screen with me. Ready? Go. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Part of the reality is that for a lot of us, the reason why we experience a lack of peace is because in the dynamic that Jesus presented to us, it's like as though there's two ends of the spectrum. And at one end of the spectrum is his virtual guarantee for us that in this world we will have troubles. And our lack of peace often is a result of giving ourselves over more to that end of the spectrum. In this world, I'm going to have troubles. He guaranteed it. But when we learn to direct our heart and to direct our spirit within us into the other end of the equation, the reality where we are in him, in Jesus Christ, that's where we find the peace. So often what, what I've discovered is that in my own life, 
my lack of an experience of the peace of God is a result of me surrendering my spirit to the circumstances. And, and I want to learn how to surrender my circumstances to my Savior and press in for his peace. That's what I came to learn to do. And so my message today, in a nutshell, is simply this, is it's time for us to find the peace of God in the presence of God. I find the peace of God in the presence of God, so I'm pressing in. Say it with me. I find the peace of God in the presence of God, so I'm pressing in. But what I have found is that so often, rather than pressing in, I, I surrender my spirit to the circumstances, and then this is what begins to happen. The circumstances around me seem to surround me, and what ifs start to hound me, and crisis after crisis is pounding me, and the stress of it all feels like it's going to drown me, and somehow I can end up so in, unsound inside of me that I'm surrendered to my spirit and my circumstances, and the circumstances get crowned king instead of the king that found me. And what's really happening is that the enemy of my soul, the devil, is trying to confound me and ground me and rip off what Jesus said through him could abound in me, and that's his peace. Come on, somebody. I know that you're wondering what happened right now. What happened right now is I got bars straight out of New Jersey with the bars. That's it. You know what? We have an opportunity to reset spiritually, and that's why I've framed this main idea of this message today as a declaration. And I want you to say it one more time with me from the screen. Say it. I find the peace of God in the presence of God, so I'm pressing in. One more time, say it. I find the peace of God in the presence of God, so I'm pressing in. We've got to press in for it. We've got to press in for it. You know, when I think about pressing in, I think about the fact that this week I, one of my sons had his birthday. And a month ago or so, we determined together that we would get him, you know, a scooter part for his birthday. They're kind of expensive, so that's why part, not plural. Anyway, uh, we, 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 he, he began pressing in, though. He's like, I know, I know, I need that part, but what if I could also get this part, too? And the daddy inside of me was like, well, I guess that makes sense, and so all of a sudden, it was parts that we were going to be getting for his birthday. And then finally, the, the birthday came. It was yesterday, and we went to the scooter part, and he kept pressing in, pressing in. Well, you know, it would just be so, I mean, it's, a, it's really weird to have the bars without grips on them, Dad, and so then we're going to be doing the grips, and it looks like I need a new clamp, too. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how I could ever pull it off. Maybe I could borrow it from you, borrow the money from you for the next 10 years. I don't know, you know, but he's pressing in. And as a result of pressing in, he got everything that he was hoping for, right? <laughs> the whole new scooter, you know, but, but you and I, we need to understand that we have a heavenly father who has said, my peace is available for you, but it doesn't come about by autopilot. We press in for it. And so I want you to press in. I want somebody to say, I'm pressing in. It's a spiritual art. And you're the captain of your own spiritual vessel. And you're the one who turns the rudder and decides, I'm going after it. I'm going to pursue that peace of God. And I'm going to move in the direction of where that peace is. So the pattern for pressing in that I want to explore with you today is in Philippians chapter 4. And so I do want you to open up your Bible or turn in your Bible app to Philippians chapter 4. It's one of the areas in the scripture where there's a pattern given to us that I think is worth exploring, worth having in our own hearts. And so this is, this is the pattern. Philippians chapter 4, just jumping in at verse 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. 
do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love this pattern that's laid out for us that ultimately results in an experience of God's peace. But go back to verse 4 with me, guys. And In verse 4, this is where this pattern begins. You can go back to verse 4 with me on the screen as well. It says, rejoice in the Lord. Everyone quote this verse from the screen with me. Ready? Go. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. And you know, rejoice is is a word that we don't use all that often, but man, it is something that we must learn to do. And to rejoice is basically a, a choice that you make, and it's choosing an interior posture of optimism and gladness despite what's going down simply because you trust that God is good. I mean, that's really what to rejoice is. It doesn't mean that I'm ignoring that there's difficulties or challenges. It doesn't mean that I don't think that those things are hard. It's simply that I'm choosing an interior atmosphere or interior disposition of optimism and gladness despite what's going down. That is a choice every one of us can make at any turn. <laughs> you know what I have to sometimes do, and maybe this sounds a little bit cheesy, but sometimes I have to look at the mirror, and I look at myself, and I'm like this. I'm like, you know, because this is happening and that's happening. And I have to tell myself, smile. Because God is good. And you can trust him. I do talk to myself in the mirror sometimes. I'm probably the only one. But I do it. Because I need to direct the, the, myself into what is right and good. And, and to trust in God sometimes requires us to take a step or two that allows that truth to be aligned with the reality we're experiencing. And, and so we, we choose that inner posture, that inner disposition of positivity, gladness, simply because we trust that God is good. That is where this pattern begins. And let's walk through it together. It says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. I love that four-word phrase that's tucked right in the middle. The Lord is near. Everybody say it. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. It's like as though the Spirit of God who inspired these words knew that you and I would be in the midst of moments and circumstances that felt so challenging, so distressing, that we would be saying, God, where are you? Anybody ever lived through a moment like that? And the Word of God says, the Lord is near. It's a choice to say, yes, I believe that. My feelings tell me, I feel that he's far away. But the revealed truth from the heart of God is he's near in whatever moment you and I are living through, whatever distress, whatever trouble, whatever circumstance, the Lord is near. Say it again. The Lord is near. Think about what you're dealing with this week and say it over that situation. The Lord is near. He is near. And you choose to step into that reality even by your belief in it. This is the pattern that we're embracing. Let's, let's re read it again. It says in verse 6 and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, 
by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. There's a simple continuation of the pattern here that we, we ought to break down and just make sure that we're aware of. It, it says, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make the request known to God. So here's the continuation of the pattern. It goes, we pray, we ask, we thank. We pray, we ask, we thank. Say it with me. We pray, we ask, we thank. Say it. We pray, we ask, and we thank. This is what we do. And we pray. We are people who pray. That is, we understand the revelation of Jesus that our God is a good heavenly father. And Jesus wanted to make sure that we would know our God this way and that we would come into our times of, of talking to God with that kind of idea in our hearts about who God is. He's a good dad. And he's a good father. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 9 through 11, who of you, if you asked your, if your child asked you for bread, would give him a snake or a stone? But how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus is, again, revealing what God is like and that he's a good dad, and you can believe him to be a good father to you, and you pray with that in mind. You run to your daddy's arms and jump up and know that he's willing to embrace you with his love, with his mercy, with his forgiveness. We got to pray. We got to ask. We ask God for what we need. For a lot of us, we skip times of prayer. I mean, too often, that's just the reality for a lot of us. We just leapfrog right past it. And what we do is we just talk to this person and that person and complain about what's going on. Maybe sometimes we do pray, but, but our prayer is characterized by a long moment of saying, God, I'm so mad at her, and God, I'm so upset about him and what he did to me. And that's okay. There's a place for that. God can handle it. But we need to come to the next place where we begin to ask God for what we need. God, I need for you to bring your solution into this circumstance. God, I need for you to bring the answer to this question. I mean, we've got to ask for what we need. And then we thank. Thanksgiving is part of the pattern of pressing in. And when we engage in thanksgiving, what we're actually doing is highlighting that which is good and positive and what God has done, rather than only giving attention to what the enemy has stirred up in terms of strife and challenge and difficulty. <laughs> and so we thank our God. Even in the middle of this challenge, of this pressure, we say, God, that's not the only thing that's going on. What's also going on is that you've blessed me. You've poured out your goodness in my life. And so God, thank you for, and then fill in the blanks. God, thank you for the fact that I have a job. God, thank you for the fact that the vehicle still works. God, thank you for my children being alive. God, thank you for the fact that uh, we are still married. God, thank you for the ability to pay these bills. I mean, whatever you can possibly think of, thank God for it. Because don't you want to see more of his faithfulness in your life? Then it probably is important to recognize the faithfulness which he's already demonstrated. How many of us as moms and dads can relate to what it's like when our kids never give us any kind of gratitude for what we've done for them? How inspired do we feel to keep on, you know, a little bit TMI right here. I probably should stop before I say too much and regret it. But we have an opportunity to engage in this pattern of pressing in and find 
ultimately the peace of God. It says in verse 7, and then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Our hearts and minds need guarding. It, 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 the scripture says, guard your heart as the wellspring of life. And the peace of God is meant to be a part of what does guard our hearts. A guard has a function. A guard sees to it that only what is meant to be in there gets in there. And for some of us, part of the reason why we lack the experience of God's peace is because there's so much else in our hearts that there isn't room for the peace of God. Like, for example, if we nurture inside of us a complaining spirit, a critical spirit, a condemning spirit, a, a combative spirit, a contrarian spirit, they all start with, it's really bad. I don't know what that means, but it means something. Anyway, those things, if those things are what we're filling our heart with, how much room is there for the peace of God? We got to deal with the peace crushers and kick them out. And so somebody today, this is what you've got to do. If you want the peace of God, you've got to identify the peace crushers and kick them out. And I, this is what it looks like. To say, God, forgive me for nurturing a complaining, critical spirit towards my brother. God, I surrender that to you. And I break off from my life that critical, complaining spirit in Jesus Christ's mighty name and through his shed blood. Then it's gone. There's room then for the peace of God to come. This is what some of us need to do. It, your peace depends on it. Another peace crusher that we've got to be able to name and kick out is the peace crusher called sin. It just got really quiet. <laughs> the peace crusher called sin. Sin is whatever we do that is contrary to what God has said is right. And when we go ahead and do things that God through his word has said, no, that's not right for you. I care about you too much. Don't do that. When we go ahead and do that anyway, when we step into sin, it is like stepping into something. Like it, it smells. It leaves a mess, right? And inside, we end up feeling uneasy, a little shaky, a, a little shady-like, and a little remorseful, a little regretful, a little bit guilty, a little bit ashamed, and that's not peace, is it? And so we need to recognize that sin, it does sabotage the peace of God. In fact, the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 59.2 said, your sins have separated you from God. And listen, if you're a believer in Jesus, your sin cannot separate you from God's loving gift of salvation, but it can separate you from your experience of a relational closeness with God where the peace comes. And so we've got to deal with sin. Sin sabotages God's peace. So confess it and address it. Confess it. If there's sin, confess it. Don't let it stay in the dark. It will grow that way. Confess it. Confess it to God. Have the humility to say, God, I admit to you that I have I've blown it. I've messed up. I've sinned. God, forgive me for the way I lost my temper and yelled at my husband, wife, daughter, son. I want to make sure I opportunity uh, offend everyone. So, uh, God, forgive me. Forgive me. I mean, there's something so healthy about doing that, about admitting to God where you know you've missed his mark. Because his response to a humble heart that would admit where you've missed his mark is a response of mercy. 
And that you get to hear then, my mercy is new every morning. My faithfulness is great. But you've got to be willing to ad admit it. Confess it. Confess it to another person. Find that brother or sister, that human being who knows Jesus, who you can talk to and say, hey, I need to meet up with you. I've got to tell you something. Man, I, I crossed the line and I did X, Y, Z, you know? And, and let that person speak to you as a Christian and say, thank you for sharing that. I want to remind you who you are. You are a believer in Jesus and you're a new creation and the old is gone and the new has come and you're forgiven again today. You and I need that. We've got to be able to confess it and address it. What I'm talking about is do the thing that you need to do so that that sin will be less likely to have power in your life. Like, for example, delete that app. Delete that app. Come on, somebody. You know that that's probably, for a lot of us, something that needed to have happened a year ago. D delete it. Put the computer in a public place. Ask somebody to go with you on that next business trip you're taking. I mean, do what you can to address it so that it will be less likely that you'll step into that again. And this is part of your process of, of living out this pattern of going after the peace of God. You know, Jesus spoke about his peace in John 14 and made a connection that I want to make sure we make together. In John 14, Jesus said, all this I have spoken while still with you. Uh, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. Well, let me just say this again. Jesus made a connection. I want to make sure we make the connection too. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I want you to understand that there is a connection between your experience with Holy Spirit and the peace of God coming into your life. And the more experience you have with Holy Spirit, the more likely it will be that you will live with the peace of God rising up from within you. We need the experience of the Holy Spirit to enter into the peace of God, to press in most deeply. There, there was a storm in the North Sea off the coast of Denmark, great terrible storm, and several ships were lost at sea because of this storm. And there was a submarine in the sea, in, in, in the same area, at the same time. And the submarine came to the surface, and the captain came out as soon as the sub had surfaced. And, and an interviewer wanted to talk to the captain of the submarine. And the interviewer said, wow, this terrible storm, ships were lost. How, how did this terrible storm affect you? And the captain of the submarine said, there was a storm? There was a storm, utterly unaware that there even was one, because that submarine is operating at a depth of 800 to 1,000 feet or more. And in that place of depth, whatever storm was being stirred up on the surface didn't even have an effect on the depths that were going on in that submarine. And when you have the Holy Spirit rising up in you, what's really happening is that the depths of the heart of God are connecting to the depths of who you are. And that depth encounter brings you to a place where the storms lose their power over your life. You and I need to press in for an experience with the Holy Spirit that brings us the peace of God. And this word that Jesus spoke, he said, the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything I've said. 
And maybe the Holy Spirit would remind us how when a storm was brewing, Jesus demonstrated for us that you and I have authority over the storms of our life. And we get to speak to those storms and say to those storms, peace, be still. And I te- I'm telling you, somebody, this is what you've got to do in your life right now, today. The storm that's brewing with those people at work, the storm that seems to be brewing over your finances that's stirring you up with strife inside, that is not from the Lord. There is peace for you, but there's also a way in which God's peace can come through you as you stand in authority over the circumstance and say to it, peace be still in Jesus' name. Peace be still in Jesus' name. I want you to say that phrase out loud one time with me. Say it. Peace be still in Jesus' name. One more time, say it. Peace be still in Jesus' name. I don't know what kind of storm might roll on the shores of your life later this week, but I want you to remember this empowerment. Remember this equipping. Remember this activation. You are authorized in the name of Jesus to speak peace over that storm and trust that his peace will enter into your heart and that the Holy Spirit will allow the peace of God to rise up in you. Now for somebody today, I want to make sure I say this, but our peace with God is a gift that's accomplished by what Jesus has done. Romans 5.1 says it like this. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to read this with me. Nice and loud from the screen, ready, go. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus and what Jesus has done for us. And I never wanna get tired of thanking him for it. I never want to get tired of thanking my God for the the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Justified means I'm made right with God now and forever. Justified means I don't owe for this anymore. Justified means it's not my price to pay. He paid it for me. I never want to forget how good it is that I've been made right with God through Jesus Christ. I'm thankful. Somebody shout, I'm thankful. I said somebody shout, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the grace of God through Jesus Christ, that I'm right with God because of what Jesus has done. And for somebody today, I want to make sure that you can leave with the peace of God that comes through knowing that you're right with God. And it, and it happens as you step forward in a moment in time like this one and say, Jesus, I give my life to you and I put my trust in you. That changes everything. You might say, wait, I have a lot of questions, though. I have a lot of questions still, things I still need to figure out about this whole God thing. You know what? Those questions are best explored in the context of a relationship. It's fair to to want to explore all the questions, but it's best done in the context of walking with Jesus. Every relationship starts somewhere. And for somebody here today listening to me share this message, today is that day. For you to once and for all cross the line and say, Jesus, I put my trust in you. And as you do this, he forgives your sin, washes away the guilt and shame of it, and makes you brand new from the inside. He talks about this in terms of being born again, being made brand new. And today, that experience is available. And I want us to pray together that God would do whatever spiritual awakening he would want to do in this moment. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you have 
a peace for us that transcends understanding. And I pray for all of my brothers and sisters who are here today where there's a lot of chaos in some of our lives. Some of the chaos is because of choices we've made. And some of the chaos is because of things that other people have chosen. But in the midst of that chaos, I plead the blood of Jesus right now over each brother and sister in this place. Lord, that your peace would come and that we would be able to experience it. A peace that transcends understanding, that goes right on by what we should naturally expect. So right now in this moment, while we're praying together, I want you to just take in a deep breath, just a big old deep breath, and just say as you exhale, God, I trust you. <laughs> just one more time, big old deep breath, and just say, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. From the depth of my very being, I trust you. I trust you. One more time, take a big old breath, and then exhale, say, God, I trust you. I trust you for the outcome. I trust you for the end result. I trust you for whatever happens in the middle. God, I trust you. This is your place of peace. A connection with God whereby you are able to say from the depth of your being, God, I trust you. And the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus.